Yeah, as Jesse said, I've been senior pastor for about 18 years now and uh, been pastoring in many ways before that uh, with youth and as pastoral care worker. And so altogether around 30 years of, of pastoring uh, and ministries outside the church and inside the church. And, and today I, I really felt that rather than be a teacher, because I'm not a teacher, um, or a leader, um, I really sensed that God was telling me to come and speak to this church, to you, as, as a pastor, as, as a father does to his children. Now, I'm not your father, and uh, spiritually or otherwise, but I just got the sense that God has a great love for this church, that he, he has a favor on it. And, and so I want to bring a word today that I hope is going to encourage you as a church and remind you about who you are and God's purposes in your life and to put back into fire the things that God has called you into. Because it's not over. There's so much more to go. Um, it's great to be here today with Jesse and Angie and you guys. But I also just want to honour Mark and Philippa Plavinsky over here. They were from our church way back in the day, and I remember spending many times with Mark up in the Tarua Ranges hunting deer and uh, many adventures, and uh, we started a ministry in Masterton working with at-risk youth together. We worked alongside each other, teaching and tutoring kids, uh, and at the same time telling them about Jesus, and out of that came lots of ministries that have continued on for 28 years, reaching at-risk kids in our community. And uh, it's been amazing. And so, you know, bless you guys. It's great to see you still strong in the Lord and, uh, and going on. It's, uh, it's a real privilege. Um, yeah. I, just before I get going, uh, I just want to introduce you to my family. This is my family. These are my two daughters. Uh, Lavana in the middle is the youngest. And Nadine on the outside is my oldest. Her husband's Jermaine. And Lavana's husband is Kirk. He's a Samoan, he's a Maori. My girls grew up loving brown boys. And uh, probably because our house always had brown boys in it. And, and we sent them off the missions trip to Fiji and things like that when they were kids. And, and they just fell in love with brown skin. And, uh, but I'm just so honoured that my girls picked men with great hearts. Uh, Jermaine and Nardine are our assistant pastors in our church right now. Nardine's preaching right now in my church. And uh, she's pregnant. She's going to. She's out there. But uh, Jermaine also is a great evangelist. You know, he was. A, here's a story. Jermaine, when Jermaine was seven years old, was a kid who came through one of our children's ministries in our town. His mother was in prison. He was from a dysfunctional family. Do you know when he married my daughter? It was only a couple of weeks before he got married that the penny dropped. You're Jermaine. You're Jermaine, the kid that used to climb in and out the windows of the van, the one that always asked questions, the one that we were always saying, Jermaine, get back here. <laughs> this kid that was seven years old that came through our Street Youth Ministries program grew up to meet my daughter and fall in love with her and become my son-in-law. God has an amazing way of taking things in your life and using them in miraculous ways. And so we're really blessed to have him. He's a real evangelist. Um, I've now got two grandchildren as well, uh, young Kaya Peter after his grandfather and uh, young Jada Rose. So we're really blessed to see another generation coming through. Um, it's just a real honour to see that happening. Um, as I said, I really sense that God's got a word for you as a church. 
And the word today that I really want to bring is about seasons. There's a time for everything. There's a time for everything. And I want to base this in in a phrase, that the quality of people's life, life satisfaction is dependent on how you're able to grasp the seasons of life. Now, there's lots of things that we know that God influences in our life, and God speaks to us in many ways through faith and through his word. But today I want to just get across this thing that we are all in seasons, and there are seasons, and God is the author of seasons. And I know that there are some people here today that need to hear this because you've been feeling like you've been in a desert place, and you've been wondering where you've been at spiritually. And I just want to encourage you today. Let's start with Ecclesiastes 3, where Solomon says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. Lovely to hear you honouring a woman in your congregation who passed away, a contributor to the family. But there is a time to die, isn't there? And yet we still feel sorrow and grief. We still fall into shock as if it was something that we weren't expecting. And yet it's something there's a time for. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Solomon gives 14 kind of opposites here of the things that we pass through in life. And it's interesting that we will all taste and experience these kinds of times in our life. But he goes on, he says, What do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. And it goes on. Our lives are so controlled and driven by time, aren't they? We're always looking at our watches, our times. We have to be here. We can't do this because I haven't got time. I'd love to come, but I haven't got time. I've got to do this in this time. It's going to take me so much time to get to here from there, so I can't do Our time restricts us so much. But our lives have seasons. Many seasons, you know, we're babies, we grow up, we become kids, teenagers, we fall in love, we get married, we have careers, occupations, jobs, grandchildren. Seasons are a big part of our life. We go through hardships, we go through prosperity times, all kinds of seasons influence our life. But we need to learn to embrace the seasons so that we can embrace life. Why is it important? Because seasons affect everyone. There are natural seasons. We're in 
coming into winter, summer, autumn, spring, natural seasons. There are worldly seasons that influence this world through history. Wars, famines, governments, empires have risen and fallen through history. Seasons in this world. You know, when I was 23 years old, I was brought up in a family with 11 children. My mother was an alcoholic. She died of alcohol poisoning at a young age. But she had 11 children. There were 11 of us kids growing up in a dysfunctional home. My father left my mother with nine children for another woman. My mother never got over it. She turned to alcohol to try and ease the pain. As kids, we didn't know what was going on, but over time we started to see that she was consumed by alcoholism and she would spend her time in the home on the couch. She met another guy and uh, he came into our life, wonderful man, became my stepfather, raised nine kids that weren't his. Mum had two kids to him, my stepbrothers and sister. At the age of 23, I'd lived a life living in darkness, just doing my own thing, sport, the whole deal. At 23 years old, I heard about Christ for the first time, and I gave my life to him on my bedroom at 2 o'clock in the morning. Something powerful happened. It was like all of a sudden, everything I'd known lit up. And I saw it for what it was. It was empty. It was useless. It, was, it had no purpose in it. Now something ignited my life. It was this new spirit that entered my life, a new breath. And I found Christ. And the next day was an amazing time because I, I was living with my old boss and his family. And, and I couldn't talk for two weeks because I was afraid that I would swear. Something in me convicted me that this wasn't good. Before that, I had no perception of that. But what I'm trying to say is that in seasons of life, we can live in seasons and not even know what's going on, not even know what the season is. But when we come into God's kingdom, when we come out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light, and we become children of God, children of his kingdom, the Holy Spirit comes into our life and starts to ignite a new sense of what God is doing in his seasons. Because we go through spiritual seasons when we're children of God. You know, we go through seasons of temptation, seasons of doubt, seasons of prosperity, seasons of growth and seasons of faith, seasons of healing, of victory, of defeats. There's all kinds of spiritual seasons that affect our lives. I'm saying this because I want to remind us that our God, if we are his children, is the one who's in control of our seasons. When we live in the kingdom of darkness, there's another controller controlling our lives. But when we become children of light, he controls the seasons. That's good news, isn't it? Psalm 74, 16 says, The day is yours, and yours also the night. You established the sun and moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. Genesis 8.22, after the flood, God tells Noah that the seasons are a reminder of his promise not to ever destroy the earth and everything in it again. 
And he says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. God's promise. And he makes us aware that he's in charge of what's going on around us with our seasons. Yeah. But our seasons have to be based in faith. We have to have faith that our God is who he says he is, that he's ruling and reigning over everything in my life. We can't assume that everything that comes into my life is from God. But we can assume that if I know God, God will turn whatever comes into my life for his good. If we don't understand and embrace the seasons in life from a faith life, we'll, we'll become resentful. I've seen so many Christians who haven't been able to embrace the season in their life, become resentful of their church, of their pastor, of their Christian friends, but become doubtful about whether God exists or whether he's even moving in their life. They become critical about the things of God's kingdom. We've got to learn to embrace the seasons of life and what God's doing. Don't get stuck in a season that God intended you to be a long way from right now. God's Spirit's at work in every season of our lives, and we need to transition into seasons. I'm speaking to us as individuals today that God is interested in the season you're in right now, but I'm also speaking to you as a church God is interested in this church, and churches go through seasons. Some of you here may have been here a long time and have seen the church go through seasons because seasons are cyclical. They come around, and they come around over and over. Why is that? Have you ever thought that maybe God wants to teach us something in the seasons that we go through so that the next time we go through it, we've learned something, we've grown Churches can get affected by seasons that they go through. They can fall apart. You drive around our country and you see empty churches all over the place. Churches that once flourished in their season, now emptied. Just old buildings. But God's spirit is trying to raise a church that doesn't need buildings. It needs people. People that are alive to what he's doing. He's called all of us into that purpose. Trouble is, when we go through transitions and seasons, it can be pretty uncomfortable, can't it? We, it can be hard. It can be really tough. We can get into places where we start to ask ourselves questions like, where do I belong? Does anybody understand what I'm going through? Am I going in the right direction? God, what is my vision? Am I lost? Who will find me? Transition is uncomfortable. And we can feel like we're digressing, going backwards in our faith when we know that God's called us to be a progressive Christian, that our faith has to progress. We have to be growing, going forward, marching on. We've got to remember that in those places of transitioning between seasons, there's a spiritual friction that can happen. 
because the Spirit is at work in me, transforming me, tuning me up. And there's a friction, a rubbing can come together. It causes us to be uneasy and uncomfortable. God doesn't want to leave us there. God's a God who will see us through those times. It's good news. We've got to remember that there's strong forces at work against us. Forces that want to destroy us and confuse us and help us to lose our call and our vision and our inspiration that comes from on high. Strong forces at work against you today, against all of us. But the good news, if that's you today, is that God has made everything in its season, in its time, and he's put eternity in our hearts. It's good news, isn't it? See, if we know Christ and if we're connected to him, then we're connected to eternity. And eternity is time, or is God outside time. Eternity is the place where God dwells. It's his habitation. And that's inside of us. When we ask Christ into our life, his habitation comes in us. And so we're connected to an eternal thing. And God's eternity wants us to flourish in our seasons, wants us to grow. And we know that uh, in Romans 8.28 it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It's good news, isn't it? But that still doesn't mean that we're going to pass through life unscathed because things happen that we don't understand. Lots of us have been through issues that I can't understand. You know, when I was about 30, I was young, I was fit, I was playing rugby and uh, played sport all my life. And I thought that I was going through burnout. I was working with at-risk kids and up all hours of the night, doing all kinds of things. And I started getting sicker and sicker and sicker, losing condition, praying against it, all that kind of thing. In the end, I discovered that I had diabetes, type 1. So it wasn't to do with being overweight or what I was eating. My pancreas had, uh, had received a virus and it had attacked my pancreas and so I wasn't creating insulin and it was making me sick. And when I had my test, my sugar levels, blood sugar levels were way over the top and you know, I had to start using insulin. I'm still on insulin today, inject myself every day, three or four times. At that time, I thought, what is going on? Here I am serving God. I'm doing these things. I'm telling people about Jesus and all this, and now I'm sick. And I had to stop doing what I was doing, and someone else came in and took my place. And I thought, what is it? I've lost something, you know. It was about a year later, and um, I'd got better. And God spoke to me by his presence. He just overwhelmed me with a sense of these words. And he just said, my son... There's a lesson in this for you. I'll tell you what, my heart just went, ah, thank you, God. I know that God knows about this. That's all I, you know, it gave me such relief. There's a lesson for you in this. It was about a year later, the same sense from God came to me and said, my son, the lesson is discipline. You see, I'd grown up in an undisciplined environment. 
I was a rule, a, a law to myself. I went wherever I went. I felt wherever I felt like going, I would follow my nose. Like when I go hunting, I'd just take off for a day and no food, just wander the hills. And you know, all of a sudden, being a diabetic, I had to come under discipline. I had to learn about routines. I had to learn how to prepare for the future. I had to learn all kinds of things that I didn't know. And so I learned a lot through having diabetes. You see, God can take things in our life and teach us stuff in our seasons. I didn't know at that stage that one day I'd be a pastor of a, of a church. I was going to need discipline. I was going to need discipline that would help me, to sustain me, to grow his church, to grow his people, to reach others, to reach the lost. I couldn't do it just in a willy-nilly way. But learning about these structures, getting them impregnated into my life in a natural way helped me spiritually. See, God can work in our seasons in amazing ways. The thing I want to remind us about today is that we need to be a people who need to awaken eternity in us. If God put eternity in our hearts, then we need to awaken eternity sometimes. You know, life can drain us, can't it? It drains us because sometimes it's just duties. The mother with babies, day after day, tired, you know, sleepless nights, routines, the worker who goes and does the same job every day. And life can draw out the lifeblood from us. But God wants us as his people to awaken eternity in us. Whatever season you're in, God wants us to be revived within. You know, on a hot summer's day, when I say revived, on a hot summer's day, you see a flower wilting in a in the heat, and you water it, and all of a sudden it stands up and it's bright. See, we can get wilted within. When we go through times and seasons, we start to wilt, and we don't even know it. Others think, oh, they're not quite themselves. We can just get into a rut where we're not producing all that God intended in our life. It's like in summer again, when we go can be hot and sweaty and tired and you jump in a nice swimming pool and you swim around, you get out. And it's so refreshing, isn't it? God wants us to awaken eternity within us because when we awaken eternity and connect with the purpose of God and a spirit, it refreshes us. It energizes. It gives us a spiritual conscience again or consciousness. We're not dozy to the things of God anymore. It's interesting, isn't it, how... You know, we go through seasons with health problems, don't we? And, uh, you know, hospitals spend so much money. Doctors, medical science spend so much on trying to lengthen our lives with medications and all kinds of surgeries to lengthen our life, our years. But you know what? God is more interested in making our years full than filling our life with years. Let's just look at the book of Acts here. Acts 17, 24 to 28. 
The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Is there another bit to that? From one man he made all the nations and they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. When Christ comes into us, we have a responsibility and a need to awaken that eternity within us. It's not impossible. It's very reachable. Yeah. You know, our, our lives may not be long. Hopefully they will be. But let's look to them being full through Christ. Yeah. The next point I would just want to make is we need to have a big picture when we go through the seasons. In Ephesians 3.16 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow. We need to have a big picture. You know, the Bible likens us sometimes to trees. We're called to be trees of righteousness, people who do right things for God. I've got a picture of a big tree, big, strong, powerful tree. Do you, do you ever see yourself like that as a tree standing strong, going through the seasons of life, bearing fruit in your season? It's interesting because a tree, if we look at the next picture, has rings. We know growth rings in a tree. And you can see all the rings of a tree. You can count the rings and tell how old it is right through to the end. You know, some trees like this one here, the seasons are long. Some are short, but they add to the life of the tree. Some trees like this one, where it's the core of it, the heart of it is slightly off center, has been pushed by the wind. Some of us go through life and we have things that we're up against. Issues in our life that have affected the way we see things. It could be mental issues, physical issues, emotional issues. You know, I, I know a lady, beautiful lady, she's got five kids, had a marriage, they're kind of separated at the moment. She's a wonderful woman, but she's stuck in a season. And we, we've tried for years to try and help her to come out of this season but she can't get away from her childhood, how she grew up in a house that was dominated and controlled and, and she's been put down all her life and she's oppressed and she can't break free of that season where she thinks that she's not worth anything. And she has these amazing gifts. Oh, if she could just break free from that old season and come into an, a new season. We, we're believing it's going to happen for her. She's missing out on so much. But, you know, trees are figurative of believers, and they go through seasons and they become strong. Seeds, I mean, trees start off with a seed. 
in the ground, and then they grow up. They, their roots go down, and they grow up, and they go through the seasons. They become strong. They withstand whatever elements come against them, and then they start to produce fruit in their life. And that fruit then falls to the ground and produces more seed. See, we're called to be like trees. We're called to be reproductive, to pass on to the next generation what God has put in us. Do you ever see yourself as a tree passing through the seasons of life, holding on, roots going down deep into the things of God, into his, into his truth, into his word? So important because seasons produce character, don't they? You know, as individuals in a church family, there's so many things that we can learn about the seasons. How are we going for time? Gosh, I'm supposed to be just about done. I'm just getting warmed up. Jesse said, oh, you know, come over, preach as long as you like. From the wire wrapper, you know, we're rural people. We just go with her. But I'd like to just run through some, some quick points about seasons that it's important to know. And the first one is that no season lasts forever. No matter what season you're in, it's not going to last. Whether you're in a position of prosperity, it may not last. Whether you're in a poor position, it won't last. It will pass. Change is on the way. Why? Because you're connected to eternity. And God's not going to let you stay in the same place forever. You have a choice. There's good and bad seasons. They come and go. People go through broken relationships. We break bones. Fires destroy stuff, but they grow back. We heal. God restores. The second thing is change of season is not a sign that you're a good or a bad person. When you're going through seasons, it's not a sign that you're good or bad. Bad things happen to good people all the time. Look at Job in the Bible. He had good seasons, but we remember him for the season that he went through of testing. But his season it didn't last forever. God brought him into great places. Next thing, never let the season you're in define you. Don't change what you believe according to what season you're in. We can make bad decisions in tough seasons. Be careful what meaning you give to things that are happening in your life through the tough seasons. You can overthink things. Joseph, in the book of Genesis, his character was developed. He had a wonderful dream, didn't he, that people would bow down before him. But his character was developed in the pits and the prisons. God's plans don't change just because seasons do. He went through many seasons, but God's plan for him stayed the same. So what's God saying about you? He's saying that you're valued. You've got a purpose. God is with you wherever you are. The next point, most seasons are followed by opposite seasons. Winter, summer, autumn, spring. We don't control everything. Life has a way of popping up with different things. 
But we've got to keep the dream that God plants in our, in our heart alive through connecting to eternity. Don't give up on what God has placed in your heart because of your circumstances have changed. You don't know what God can do. The next thing, build consistency in every season. Paul told Timothy, preach the word of God in season and out of season. Do you know that your life is a sermon? I'm preaching a sermon, but you are a sermon. People are watching what you say, how you behave, how you act. They're watching your faith. They're watching what you speak. They're watching what you believe. Your life is a sermon. Speak it in season and out of season according to faith working in your life. Yeah. There's always going to be times for planting and resting and watering and harvesting. Times of hard work and preparation. Do the work that corresponds with the season. Proverbs 24 says, A sluggard does not plough in season, so when the harvest time comes, he looks and finds nothing. Do the work that corresponds with the season that you're in. Prepare. What should you be doing now? Next thing, learn from every season you're in. Every season has lessons. In Joseph's life, the plan was for him to rule over Egypt, but before he ruled he was ruled over. Just because you're going through something tough, don't believe that God is not at work in your life. What you're learning now will help you to be wiser next time. What you learn in the hard seasons can help others. Sometimes you just got to stand in a season, don't you? Okay, the next one. Keep the right season in your heart no matter what season is pressing in. You know, Jesus was in a storm and the disciples came to him because of the circumstances that were pushing in, the rain and the wind. But it's not the circumstances on the outside that can destroy our heart and our faith. It's when the water comes in the boat that the boat sinks. You've got to stand strong and defend your faith. Guard your heart in all circumstances. Even in conflict, guard your heart. You're never going to be able to control people or every circumstance. You're a church. Of course you're going to have issues with people. We, we rub up against each other. But it's the perfect opportunity to grow character, to show the love of Christ, to overcome the old self in us. We've got to learn these things as a, as a group of followers so that we give God glory. The last point is God is at work in every season. You know, we look at the amazing stories in the Bible of Moses, David, and Joseph, Peter, all those, and we can be confident that God is working things out for our good, no matter how things are going. Yeah. I want to finish with, in your season, it's really important that you guard your heart and have a heart for harvest. Everything's about a harvest. It's the heart of God. When God created man, he created 
man for his pleasure so that there would be a harvest of people who would love him. Of course, the crop got contaminated, so God had to destroy it and start again. First thing Noah did when he found dry land was plant a vineyard. What are you planting today? Everything in our life should produce a harvest for God's glory. In church life, how do you see whether a person's heart or whether a church is awoken to eternity? You look at what it does. You look at how it lives, how it behaves. Have you got a vision? Have you got a mission? Is your life a mission? It's easy to see. People, volunteers, you guys on the sound desk, people at the door, people in the worship team, your life are doing these things because you're believing for a harvest, right? You're part of what God is doing for a great harvest. Jesus' life was all about harvest. He gave himself at the cross for us so that we would be the crop that would be harvested for the Lord God through faith. And he died on a cross and he became a seed and was buried in the ground. And he rose again and he left the Holy Spirit for us to rise and become a new generation, a new church for God's glory. See, it's all about harvest. And in the book of Revelations, John tells how one day we're all going to be harvested. All of us. Everybody in the whole earth will be harvested. And God will see who are his and who weren't his. Who lived according to his plans and his seasons. It's exciting. It's exciting living for God. I love living for God because every season, God wants to work something in it for you and for you to become his harvest. What are you harvesting today? You know, if you're going through a hard time, if you're wondering where you should be, then what has God called you to harvest in your life? It's so important that we get a hold of that. Keep our eyes fixed on what God is harvesting. We can get so caught up in life and trappings of life and comfort and houses and business and career. But it's God's purpose in harvesting his kingdom in it. I'm going to finish here. But I just want to challenge us and I'd love to pray for you as a church. I really believe that God is going to do something amazing through this church. You're in a season right now as individuals and as a church and it's going to take some being open to change. You've got to learn to move forward and transition through change. Change is good. It's not all bad. And amongst the changes of life, and seasons, there's one thing we can count on, and that is that our God never changes. He's stable. We can hang on to him. We can find him. He's an anchor in the storms. He's a good God, as we sang earlier on. He's an amazing God who can turn things around and make things happen that you never imagined. Some of you here today, it's time for you to say goodbye to some seasons. Your mindsets and your hearts have been stuck in a season and it's been hard getting out of it. It's time to say goodbye. 
And then it's time to say hello, my new season. God, I'm letting go of this. I want to come into a new place with you. Will you awaken eternity in me? I surrender my life to you. I give you permission, God, to use me, to work through me. And I tell you what, when we get into those places, the most amazing things will start to happen. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this wonderful group of people here today. I thank you, God, that in this season, they will produce much good fruit. Lord, today we're declaring that this is a church that wants to sow and plant and plough for your kingdom. And so, Father, we're asking for your Holy Spirit to provide all that's needed for that to happen. We thank you, God, for those who honour you by giving their lives to you for your harvest. And, Lord, we look forward to the day when you come upon the earth with your sickle and you harvest all that is good and everything will be tested everything will be accounted for your rewards will be given out oh God what an amazing thing we have to look forward to so Father ignite that vision in our hearts today and excite us through the mighty powerful name of Jesus Christ our Lord Amen Amen. Amen. Bless you, church.